and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the ludicrous Matt. Hello there. So, as teased in the last episode, we're doing something a little bit different today. Yeah, I'm um, excited. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> we'll get we'll get onto our main episode uh, a bit later, but but we before. need to sign off series yeah. three. We do, as I told you last week. Um, we're going to be playing the Doctor Who PlayStation Two game. Yes, and to be clear, for the the tables have kind of turned here. Normally, I'm the one in the know, and you're the one who doesn't really know going into an episode what's going on. Yep. You you've purchased this game yep. that I previously did not know existed. Yep. I played having... it for about twenty minutes yep. to make sure it works. I've, yeah, I've I've never I've never owned a PS2, so a lot of these things have just passed me by. Um... Do you remember the last time we recorded? Yeah, in the car when I was taking you home. Yes. What phrase you used to describe Doctor Who computer games? Um, I can't remember exactly, but I probably said something. You referred to them as terrible shovelware. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so <laughs> on that note, today we are going to be playing the PlayStation 2 game, Top Trump's Doctor Who. Oh, jeez. So it's not even, it's just an implementation of a card game. It's not, it's not even a Doctor Who game, it's, it's, it's Top just, Trump's. It's Top Trump's, but they've, they've themed it with Doctor Who. Great. As you, as we've mentioned previously, we're both uh, tabletop gamers, we play mm-hmm. a lot of D&D, uh, we also play uh, other tabletop games sometimes. I think it's fair to say I'm something of a board game snob. I don't. I'm not ashamed to admit that. Top Trumps for me represents the absolute worst in card game design. Well, in my youth <laughs> at school, I had the Buffy the Vampire Slayer Top Trumps. Oh yeah, good good friend of mine, best man at my wedding. Had yeah. the Angel, the spin-off from Buffy Top Trumps. Oh, could you combine them? Combinable yeah. decks, and we played that every day for about two years. Wow. So. I, I'm just, really looking forward yeah, to this. It's just because, memorising numbers, though, isn't it? Well, yeah. It's just all it is. But off the back of playing <laughs> this, we're going to be playing head-to-head, top okay. prompt, me yeah. versus you. Yeah, I'm excited. And based on whether you win or not, <laughs> there is either a prize, if uh-huh. you are victorious, yeah. or a punishment, if you fail. Oof. I don't know whether I agree to those terms. You, you don't. <laughs> okay. I have no say in the matter. So what we're going to do is stop the recording. Yeah. We're going to play this and come back with your thoughts. Okie dokie. Okay. All right. Okay, so we're back having just played Top Trump's Doctor Who. Yes. For anyone that doesn't listen to the bonus episode where we're going to release us playing that. <laughs> do you want to share your thoughts? It's a terrible game, isn't it, mate? It's not great. Mm. Not great. But you lost both games. I did. I mean, uh, to be honest, the, the second game was inten- a game. Intentionally so, okay. because I just needed the torture to be over. So, Forgetting, of course, that there is apparently more torture. Yeah, to so come. you now face a punishment. Yes. Okay, so, so having completed that, mm-hmm. you told me that Doctor Who doesn't have a great track record for computer games. That's true. Well, unfortunately for you, the punishment you will be facing... I know we're not quite there, but I know that you are. You're going to be playing the Nintendo DS game, Doctor Who Evacuation Earth. Oh, my God. From the Matt Smith era. Oh, so we've got that to look forward to at the end of Series 5, have we? Yep, so you're going to play that for the duration of this series, and we'll get your thoughts at the end. Okay, 
Do you own a Nintendo DS? Yeah, I think I've got a DSi knocking around at home. Okay. So, whilst I was rooting through the drawers, yeah. I've got a 3DS that I've got the charger for, and I've got two DSs that apparently I have no charger for. <laughs> got DSs coming out of your ears. Exactly. So, yeah. I've got no excuse. We're, we're going to check in in a couple of weeks, because obviously we're going to record two episodes today, and just find out how you're getting on with Evacuation Earth. Would you not rather we wait until um, Matt Smith's in town? It, it might take you that long. Mm. It might take you that long. All right. Okay. Terrible shovelware. <laughs> they're not. They're not great. They're no. not great. So oh, back on track. Right. This yes. Week. So we. Uh, I've, I've been. So, I feel so derailed <laughs> at this point. Right. We are talking about partners in crime. Yes. The first episode proper of series four. And I'll tell you what. I'm excited to be talking about this one. Yeah. There's. I, I didn't see Donna. Coming back. I'm so soon. glad. I'm so glad that's that was a, a nice little surprise. nod. Yeah. Yeah. So um, she's our companion for series four. How do you for feel the full about series? That? Yeah. Uh, I, I just wondered whether she'd be in for a couple of episodes and then back out. She does seem a lot more fleshed out. Yeah. Than last time we saw her. We obviously meet her mum, her grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm quite excited. Yeah. Well, it's it's really an opportunity that we've actually you know got to spend more time with this character and, and, and get to know her a bit more because as I said previously yes Donna is a very shouty character when you see her in Runaway Bride but you've got to remember you're also witnessing her on the single worst day of her life plus I I think Catherine Tate's performance has dialed back since Runaway Bride I, I don't think, think so. she's as shouty no I think not. Obviously, Christmas special, Catherine Tate was popular. Yeah. People wanted to see Catherine Tate. Yeah, they wanted Whereas, to see the big, wacky kind of performances that she does on her show. Yeah, and here we just get, a, I'm, I'm going to say it, a good performance. Yeah, yeah. And she's a, and she's a refreshingly sort of down-to-earth character. Mm. Um, I think as we, we, we the series goes on, we'll see that she, she brings a different dynamic to um, Rose and Martha. I, I like the fact that, in the same way I am, even though she's part of the show, she's a Doctor Who cynic. She has yeah. no time for the bullshit that's going <laughs> yeah, on in this show. Absolutely. She's not all starry-eyed over this, this mysterious spaceman. She just... Yeah. She's just in it for a holiday, let's be yeah, honest. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so, um, anyway... Uh, on, uh, on on your usual scale then, good episode, bad episode, how are you feeling overall about uh, Partners in Crime? I might be tempted to say good episode, some bad bits. Yeah, that's about where I'm at. I don't think I can say all out good episode, there's no. a few things that are no. a bit patchy. I don't think it's a bad episode. No, it's very watchable. I yeah, think. yeah, it was fun. It, yeah, I, I would say my big criticism of it is okay. Well, the strengths I think are the characters, the dialogue, the the, the sense of fun about it. Mm -hmm. The weakness I would say is all of the plot. Yes, the plot yeah. is really quite bad. Exactly. But, and uh, there's, I, I feel I say this a lot, but I can yeah. usually tell early on into an episode whether I'm going to enjoy it or yeah. not. Yeah. With this one, I think it maybe took me a bit longer to work out. Yeah, to really kind of settle into it. Yeah. yeah. And even at the end, I'm not certain I was convinced that I was certain it was good or bad. Mm. It, I don't 
know, because when we watch classic episodes and I say, oh, they're a bit of a nothing, I wouldn't go as far as to say this was a nothing. It just... Yeah. I, I mean, the plot is so secondary. The plot is just there as something to hang on to so we can get to the point of the Don, uh, Donna and the Doctor yeah. meeting again. Yeah. That's really all this episode is trying to do. So, um, so we're yeah. all the way back the 5th of April, 2008. Yeah. Um, I would have just been wrapping up at uh, uni then. I've been like my last few months. I'd have been probably on Easter holidays, working in my first school. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd have been around that. Wow, yeah. We, we, we're, we're rattling through the years, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah time and tide wait for no man. Indeed. So, right. written by RTD. Yeah. It, it's got a very RTD feel. Definitely. Hasn't it? Yeah. It's got his. I don't want to say sense of humour because it's not always funny. But he definitely does have. He has certain sort of ticks and interests as a writer and, and ways of approaching fat characters. People. And yes, He's forever. Yeah, let's forever let's, involving okay. fat people in Elephant a weird in the way. Room. Yeah. That that we we talked last uh, episode about the fat shaming element. And mm. It's back in force this week, isn't it? Yeah. It's. I mean. Again, I feel like it's he's sort of having it both ways because he, on the one hand, it's sort of satirizing fad diets and and people's obsession over body image and things like that, but also it is an excuse to have lots of fat people flailing about, going, "Oh no!" and ah, uh, yeah, it's a bit weird. Why can't he just leave people alone? I don't know, because, I mean, have you seen pictures of RTD? Yeah, he's no he spring argue, chicken. Yeah, he, he can hardly talk, can he? So, the episode begins. Cold open, Donna. Straight away, we're thrown in. You know, there's no hints to it, no illusions. No. We just start with Donna. Donna, she's back. She's walking down the street. Yeah. The doctor's walking down what appears to be the same street, but we find out it isn't. Yeah. So, Donna's... Approaching a building for Adipose Industries. Mm-hmm. She goes in the front door. The doctor breaks in the back. So yes. they seem to have a common goal. They're two sides of the same coin. But they're not actually crossing paths. And this kind of sets up three, the first half of the episode. Yeah. It's all this sequence of near misses, basically, <laughs> between the, the doctor and Donna. So at this point, we're introduced to Miss Foster. Yeah. Played by Sarah Lancashire. Yeah. Who falls into my favourite category of people I recognise from Coronation Street. Oh, <laughs> right. Is she Vivian Curry? Yeah. yeah. She used to play Raquel Watts. All right. Yeah, I mean, I've seen her in stuff. She's one of those actresses that I would definitely, like, mm. recognise. I think but she was in some police drama on ITV yeah. recently. I could be talking out of turn here, but I think she was in a not particularly successful sitcom about barristers. Quite possibly. Called Chambers? With John Bird, I, I could maybe. be making that up. I mean, might be compl- conflating I, I mainly, two or three different things. I mainly there. remember her that her character left Coronation Street to move to Kuala Lumpur. Right. And at the time, I thought that was like Timbuktu, just like a silly name place that wasn't real. <laughs> Turns out it is. Right. So Miss Foster is in charge of a diet pill. Yes. And straight away, I could tell where this episode's going, because the yeah. slogan is, the fat just walks away. Yeah, it's not subtle, is it? No. <laughs> no. So, part of Adipose Industries is the call centre, 
and Donna and the Doctor are investigating because yes. Adipose are giving away free necklaces. Yeah. So they're like they're like golden pills on a yeah, necklace. Yeah, I think so. They're really tacky looking, aren't they? Yeah. I don't know why anyone would want that. Um, it seems like a weird USP. Yeah. Yeah. I like the fact that someone's on the phone and they're like, no, we don't give away pens. Yes, and I think it says, no, there isn't a cash alternative, maybe, I think. <laughs> yeah. I could be wrong, but, but yeah. So, through their investigations, Donna and the Doctor keep missing each other, and we go to the patient's houses. Yes. And the Doctor goes to some sort of strange man's house, mm-hmm. who says, at ten past one every night, the burglar alarm goes off. Yes. But there's no sign of breaking and entering... And he can't just, fathom yeah. why it's happening. Yeah. So Donna goes to visit, as we've said, sort of an overweight girl. Mm-hmm. And as she begins playing with the necklace, it makes this girl's tummy go mad. So I think the to- the girl excuses herself to go to the toilet. Yeah. While she's doing that, it seems to be the more Donna plays with this necklace, yeah. the more it's sort of like tummy gurgling to and rippling and bulging. And yeah. then. I've just put in my notes, it makes a little fat baby. Yes, yes it does. And we're not saying a little, comma, fat baby. Yeah. It's, we're made, it, it's, a, it's a little it's baby made, made of, of fat. fat. It's basically a block of lard <laughs> with, a, with face a face drawn on it. Yeah. And uh, so I think we we learn later that these are the adipose. Yeah. Um, they are our monster for the week. Mm-hmm. Generally, with Doctor Who monsters, there is an attempt to make them, at least for children, fairly scary. They're imposing. They haven't chosen to do this with the adipose. They are. They're very. Are they cute? They're intended to be cute. Do you they're... find them to be cute? I think they're cute in the same way that the minions from Despicable Me are intended to be cute. Yeah. I. I really don't like the minions. Yeah. <laughs> and I found the adipose quite annoying. Mm. Yeah, I know that makes me a bad person because they're so innocent and cute. So yeah, but I have no time for the adults. They are quite annoying, especially with their little <laughs> noises yeah. that they do throughout. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you on that. I I don't find them to be endearing, but it's a very fine them. line because yeah. they're similar to Baby Group from yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Two, that is excellent. Yes. whereas these are just an irritant. I think the difference there is, of course, that Groot is a is a funny character who is made of wood, which is a nice thing for things mm. to be made out of. And the adipose are an annoying one-dimensional characters made out of literal fat, which is a gross thing to be made out of. I don't know if you were <laughs> if you were a practicing clinician, if you were yeah. a doctor, yeah, and you know you get the phone call, oh, there's yeah. a miracle of yeah. medical science, yeah. Would you rather it was a tree man walks through the door or a man made of fat? <laughs> you know, we're not just talking yeah. about which one's more aesthetically pleasing. Because yeah. a, a tree man is terrifying. In real life, I guess. A man made yeah. of fat is... At least it's like mm. human yeah. material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it make, makes sense on that level. But yeah, I don't know. They're, they're a bit weird to look at. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So one just sort of flops out into a sink, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, so because the adipose are exposed now, Miss Foster essentially turns the girl 
entirely yes. into adipose. Yeah, yeah. She just, yeah, she's just snuffed out basically, and just all of these little fat babies just start walking out of her clothes. So kind of, yeah. On the one hand, we made you think, oh, they're cute, but also that is that's dark. Where does like her bones and teeth go? That is addressed later in the episode. Is it? Yeah, oh, I might have. Um, so, so for for context, I mean, this happens much later on. But when when confronted about it, Miss Foster says the primary source is fat, but in a pinch they can convert any organic matter right into uh, babies. He said, uh, she says it makes them a little poorly. I think right, but they'll recover. So, so, because Donna sees one leave, that triggers the adipose collection squad. Yeah. And they're like a military sort of operation. Yeah, she's basically just got like a couple of hired goons by the looks of it. They're just mm. toting... Uh, and they're just throwing yeah. these really innocent, cute babies into yeah. the back of a van. <laughs> and driving yeah. away. Yeah. And as Donna chases them down, she ends up yards apart from the doctor. Yeah. Sort of round the corner from one another. Yeah, okay. near miss. So, following that, Miss Foster realises Donna has stolen one of the necklace. Yeah. And we cut to Donna back at home. Yeah. And we get a little section where her mum's just moaning at her. Yeah, we get reunited with Donna's mum, who, do you remember from uh, Runaway Bride? Yeah, basically blamed Donna for showing off when she was abducted yeah. by aliens. Yeah, so we can see she's... Uh, She's not really changed the tune. She's still sort of giving Donna a hard time. Mm-hmm. Um, n- not kind of keeping in mind that, you know, her whole world kind of fell apart around her in the last, yeah. you, you know, <laughs> that maybe it would be understandable if she was a little depressed after her, that. But. Her mum even mentions Lance. Yes. And yeah. says, you know, oh, such a shame he, he ran off. <laughs> yeah. Not knowing that he like yeah. fell to his death at the centre of the earth. Yes, and that uh, he'd, he'd been manipulating Donna all along. And, yeah. you know. uh, anyway. But yes. then we meet Donna's granddad. Yeah. Played by Bernard Cribbins. Bernard Cribbins, who we've met already. Yeah. Was it intentional? Was he always going to okay. be? Yeah, so there's it's a slightly sad story, this. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you recall back in uh, The Runaway Bride... We also met Donna's dad, who was a sort of nice, quiet man with glasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actor who played uh, Donna's dad um, actually filmed all the scenes for mm-hmm. this episode before being taken ill and shortly thereafter died. Oh, right. So, they... Light spoiler here. There are, They had plans for his character for the rest of the series, uh, which they obviously wouldn't then be able to do. So, they had to make the decision to rethink that character and basically gave those scenes to Bernard Cribbins who they everyone had enjoyed working with so much in Voyager right. Down for his one scene and basically said let's just give it to Donna's granddad Colin Wilf make it the same character and they, this decision was actually made just in time that they could actually credit um, Bernard Cribbins as the same character Wilfred Mott right. in uh, Voyager of the Down so so oh. it is meant to be the same character, but it was kind of a decision made after the fact um, in slightly sad circumstances. But I know this is a spoiler. Yeah. But in the future, does the Doctor meet Bernard Mott and they acknowledge that they met on that Christmas? I don't know whether I want to tell you that. Right. Okay. But uh, but let, let's. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it to, to say we haven't seen the last of Wilf. Good. 
Um, because he's great in this, isn't he? Can we yeah. just can we just say that he is he's yeah. just adorable. I mean, it's not a stretch for Berber Griffiths to play an adorable old man. Yeah, but he does it really well here. And so do we we get that scene with um, we get that scene with him uh, up on on the hill with the yes. telescope. Is that yeah. is that at this point? So yeah, he's looking at the stars, and Donna says, you know, if you ever see a blue box, yeah. come and let me know. Yeah. And they're, they're clearly very close. Yes, yeah. It's know. a lovely relationship. Straight away, you get the sense that he's the sympathetic ear that her mother, unfortunately, isn't. But they also have, like, a common bond in the fact that they're, like, misunderstood. You know, yeah. they seem to be the only people that understand one another. I think they're both dreamers. Yeah. Is the thing. Yeah. I think that's what it comes down to. So, it's a really early on. You get a really nice dynamic with them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, hats off to Bernard Cribbins for stepping in at the last minute. So back on the TARDIS, the Doctor awkwardly realizes he's on his own. He yeah. sort of starts a conversation. That yeah. Goes nowhere. Yeah, because he's he doesn't have someone to show off to. So, mm. the next day. I think it's back at Adipose. Mm-hmm. Donna parks her car to go investigate some more. As she walks away, the TARDIS lands behind it. Yep. And they break into Adipose and wait until everyone goes home. So the Doctor, I think, hides in like a broom cupboard. Yeah. Donna hides in the toilet. Yeah. When yeah. they turn the lights off, that's when they come out to investigate. Oh, is it the broom cupboard or is it is he in that um, window cleaning thingy? Is that at this point? I can't remember. I'm not sure. I think it might be because the scene coming up a bit later makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, with that. Yeah. So at this point, Foster enters the toilets mm-hmm. with her, her armed goons. Yeah, she says, you know, we know you're in here. So Donna lifts her feet up in yeah. the stall, side, kicking the doors in, and it's. One of the employees we've seen earlier. Yeah, specifically the one that was talking to the Doctor and flirting quite heavily with him. Yeah. So, Um, up until this point, we've been led to believe that Foster was after Donna for stealing one of the necklaces. Mm -hmm. Turns out this girl's stolen one of them as well. And, um, yeah, we don't know why yet, do we? No, no. no. So, in true supervillain fashion... Foster begins to explain her entire plan. Mm-hmm. She even says that her name Foster relates to Foster Mother. Yeah. And the pills are intended to make fat babies. Yes, yeah, we and, get that. <laughs> and we find out at this point that they're called the Adipose. Yeah. So it's it's a strange story, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but, but from what I gather, I don't know if it's revealed at this point or yeah. later in the episode... So the adipose numbers for their species are right down. Does it say that their planet was destroyed? Um, I think the lost is maybe the term that right. is used. Um, um, yeah. So gone. in order to yeah. get the numbers back up, they've paid Foster yeah. to essentially create new adipose yeah. from human fat. Yes. Yeah. And in theory, it's. It's technically illegal according to the Shadow Proclamation, as the Doctor later mm-hmm. points out, but in theory it's a win-win. Yeah. It, it, genuinely, as long as it goes all right... Unless we create so many adipose they rise up yeah. and conquer the Earth. 
<laughs> potentially. But like it went before people started poking their noses in. Technically, you could have just let that run its how, course. Some people would be thinner, and no one would be any the wiser. How many adipos do you think you could fight until you're entirely overwhelmed? Oh, like two. I I have. Oh, you could kick one a good distance and smack the. You other. massively overestimate my physical capabilities. I am an overweight, asthmatic, and genuinely quite lazy man. It wouldn't take much to overpower me. No, you, you <laughs> could take at least four. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Are you useless? I mean, they're babies, but speaking as someone who has uh, a, a baby at home now, don't underestimate babies. Yeah. Ours has just started crawling. and um, I don't want you to go home and trial like battle <laughs> sequences against the adipose. I'd lose. I'd, I'd lose. If, if I had to fight my child, I would lose already. I'm f- pretty confident. When he gets a hold of my beard, I'm done. Really? Oh, yeah. He, 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 he owns me at that point. So, following on from this, we get the best part of the episode, for me. Yeah. Where, as Foster's explaining her plans, the Doctor's looking through the window, Donna's looking through a hole in the door, like a porthole window in the yeah, door. Yeah, so we haven't seen. Yeah, we haven't seen the reveal of, of Miss Foster yet, ha- have mm. we? So, so we've just got the Doctor and Donna finally spot each other from across uh-huh. this. You know, there's a corridor and two panes of glass separating them. Yeah, and yeah, go on. So <laughs> the whole sequence is mind. Yes, and it's brilliant because you can tell exactly what they're saying. Yes. So, you know, I think the it starts where the Doctor looks at Donna. Yeah. And just like he did when she appeared in the TARDIS, he starts saying, what? Yeah. And then Donna mouths, oh my God, yeah. what are you doing here? Yeah. And it goes on for ages and yes. the minds yeah. get more complex yeah. and more yeah. drawn out. Yeah. And eventually they just realise they've been spotted and they're paying each other so much attention yeah. they don't realise armed gunmen... I yeah. stood facing. Yeah, basically, you've, it's just been cutting back and forth between close-ups of the faces, and he, it cuts back to this wider shot, and you see Miss Foster with her arms folded, armed security guys either side of her, and she just says, "Am I interrupting something?" Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a really well-timed bit of comedy. It's one of the few really funny bits yeah. that does land. Totally in this agree. Totally yeah. agree. So as they're running around. Uh, the Doctor and Donna reintroduce themselves. Yeah. Donna says that she knows all the activity that's gone on in London recently yeah. has involved the Doctor, apart from that Titanic hoax. <laughs> yeah, she's like, that's just ridiculous. And yeah, fair enough, Donna. But yeah, so she's basically, she's been following every lead she can, every mm. UFO sighting and every... I think she messes crop circles, just any weird stuff. She's got basically gone full conspiracy nut, but with a purpose to actually try and find the Doctor. She could join up with Ursula and her boyfriend. Yeah. What was their little team called? Linda. That's it, Linda. Maybe she's been in touch with them. Mm. She might have tried emailing Clive, but he won't reply. Yeah. Because he's so sad. Bin now. No, he's just. I know he was just gunned down by autons. That's the yeah, one. In front of his children. Seems like forever ago. It's still. I still think that's one of the darkest endings, and especially first episode of a new sh- children's show. Just have have a dad gunned down in front of his children. Yeah. 
That's cold, isn't it? They probably deserved it. He was a nice man. He had no time for his kids. He was obsessed with the doctor. Yeah. Right. All right. At this point, we find out Foster, I've put in my notes, has a sonic screwdriver, but it's a sonic pen. Yeah. Okay, we need to hit pause there for a moment and talk about that. Now, this could be me being a whiny fanboy. I'm fully prepared to admit that. I hate that Miss Foster has her own sonic device. Mm. Because, was it a laser screwdriver that the, the master. master had? And you can tell as well, like, I, this is my headcanon, right? But I know, I feel like the master came up with having a laser s- screwdriver just to rub it into the doctor's face and just be like, ha ha, yeah, I can do it better than having you. Having that makes him the doctor's true equal. Yeah. Foster is not the doctor's equal. Exactly. It's just, it's just the fact that she's not on the same level. I, there are certain characters that I'd be like, if they came and said, look, I've got a sonic device as well, I'd be like, yeah, fair enough. You're on that level. <laughs> but Miss Foster is, she's a, you know, spoilers, she's a one-off villain. I mean, yeah. she, you can tell she's a one-off villain. And, and she's just she's like just, an administrative clerk. Yeah, exactly. It's like, she, it, she just doesn't have that level of authority and gravitas and history behind her character to, to make the reveal of a sonic device feel justified. But it's obviously it's just... Um, RTD needed it for plot convenience yeah. sake. Because she uses it immediately. Yeah. Because the Doctor and Donna escape in the window cleaner's lift. Yeah. So she first of all uses it to stop the lift. Mm-hmm. She then uses it to cut through the cable. Yeah. But then Foster immediately drops her sonic screwdriver and it's caught by the Doctor. Yeah, does the Doctor call... He somehow causes her to drop it, doesn't yeah, I think he like I can't sort remember of, quite how. Yeah, I can't remember what he does. Just disrupts it in some way. So she drops it and he catches it. So the Doctor and Donna escape again. Mm-hmm. Foster finds them again. That yeah. happens two or three times where yeah, they just, just escape and get caught. Wait, wait, let's let's cause base babe. We're in running about territory here. Yeah, this is the yeah. running about segment of the episode. Yeah, um, once they're caught, it's at this point. Foster explains how she was hired by the first family of the Adipose yeah. to rebuild their species. So the Doctor gives Foster one chance to stop, yeah. but she refuses. He says, you know, this is madness. If you stop your plan, yeah. all sins are forgiven. Yeah, he says something like, it's it's it's, it's uh, you know against the, the, the code of the Shadow, Shadow Proclamation to seed a level fly, five planet, I believe mm. is, is the exact phrasing. Yeah, so basically, just because obviously humans haven't made officially made first contact yet, we're not. Well, I guess technically we have, they have at that point with the Sycorax, would that count? Mm. But anyway, but basically, they're not at that level. They're not playing in the intergalactic, you know, yeah. game. So it's, yeah, out so of bounds. In order to escape, the Doctor asks Foster if she's aware what happens when two sonic devices are struck together. Mm-hmm. She says she doesn't know. He laughs, says he doesn't know either. Yeah. So he bangs them together and it creates like a sonic boom, like an earpiece. Yeah, it's just like noise. a shrill noise that sort of incapacitates everyone, gives uh, the Doctor and Donna a chance to run away. And as they escape, the Doctor begins hacking into Foster's main computer. Yeah. And Which is like, I think he says, is it like a core that like runs through the centre of the building or something? It certainly yeah. looks like it. Yeah. Because the main computer 
it's just a stream of green light yeah. when it gets to it. Yeah. Um, and Foster plans to convert the first one million adipose customers. Yeah. And not only has she done that, but she's brought that forward. Yes, because originally the plan was it was it was like doing a trial in London, and they were going to roll it out to all of the UK, and just over a period of time produce the number of babies that the, the adipose families wanted, and then they'd be on their merry way. That was yeah. the plan. But obviously, she's been rumbled. So she's having to accelerate plans. So she's just working with the million that they've got so far. Um, and they're just going... And basically she's going full power to kind of, as, as we mentioned earlier, not just convert the fat, but convert the bones and, and, and organs and everything. So yeah. these people are going to be wiped out. So following on from that, there's a conversation between Donna and the Doctor. Yeah. Where Donna, essentially, she like confuses the Doctor in invite into inviting her <laughs> along with him. Yeah, kind of, because she's like, she's sort of, she's talking about how that how she regrets not going along with yeah. him to begin with, and um, yeah, kind of, she's basically making the assumption that the invitation is still open. Yeah, and I think. Sort of, he she asks like, "What's he's been doing in the meantime?" Because I think is this point where she says that he looks older. Yeah. Um, which obviously he, he is. is. We don't really know how much older, how much time in since Martha even he's been knocking around on his own because it could have been quite a while yeah. potentially. It's similar to all the disappearance in that second with Rose. Yeah. Where he leaves and immediately comes back. Yes, and yes. then that explains why he was seen at the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> yeah, yeah, potentially. So yeah. it depends on whether or not, when you assume the the ninth Doctor regenerated, whether we we're seeing him freshly regenerated in yeah. Rose, which is a matter for debate as well. But mm. but yeah, there are, there are these gaps in continuity, and actually they're quite useful for Doctor Who to have because it gives them opportunities to put more stories in at a later date in in comics and in books and things like yes. that for example in the, in the in the titan comics run uh the, the 10th doctor run at the moment they've created a whole new set of companions oh, really? that i'm pretty sure actually fit into that gap between martha and donna oh really i could be wrong it might be post donna because uh, i've not actually read them i'm just aware that they have created new companions and, and obviously that then that gives them a level of freedom to tell, have whole story arcs rather than just trying to slot in bits and bobs with existing yeah. characters, yeah. which is quite quite a, a, I think, in some ways a more effective way to go with your spin-off media. Um, anyway, right. yeah. So Foster then says she's about to induce labour. Yeah. And we find Donna's mum, who was going out for tea with her friends earlier on. Oh, yes, yeah. One of her friends is bragging about having lost so much weight with adipose. Yeah. And she sort of explodes into little fat babies. Well, not... Uh, she's, she's, she's churning them out, but she's not, like, full-on... She hasn't, like, died... Like, no, 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 but they're, yeah. they're coming out at a rate. Yeah, they are. And, and she's not alone as well. There's other patrons in the, in the restaurant that are also... Uh, going through similar issues and yeah we, we see them we're starting to cut to the other adipose users that we see yeah. like, like so the, the, the bloke in his house with the we see like a street overrun yeah. with these adipose yeah and in amongst them we just see a taxi driver just mow them down 
<laughs> you know, we've got these cutesy yeah. things, and it's been a fairly light-hearted, fun yeah. episode, yeah. but just in cold blood, he's just <laughs> mowing them down. I mean, we don't see it in graphic detail, but... No, but he's not regretful. <laughs> to be fair, I feel that's accurate. That's probably how it would happen. Do you think London Cabbies be... running them over? Not en masse, but one or two. Really? One or two. Out of, there are a lot of cabbies in London. Some of them will give yeah. nary a fuck. And some of them just <laughs> announce martial law at the drop of a hat. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they, they'll be rubbing their hands with glee at the notion. But those that haven't been run over yeah. are heading to the adipose building. Yeah. So the doctor says that at the moment the plan is too far advanced and he can't stop it. So he's using one of the necklaces. He's tuning it with a sunk screwdriver. Mm-hmm. He says it's too far gone. Without a second capsule. Yeah, and he's and he's like, Tennant's doing his classic, um, full on angst like, oh, I can't save them. I must save them, but I can't. There's no way. And and then that's immediately undercut by, by Donna uh, just holding yeah. a second capsule. Well, yeah, yeah, and it's it's great because like that's the moment where it clicks for him as well because because he'd been sort of flapping and stressing. And, and Donna just says to her, him quite calmly, tell me what you need. Yeah. And he says, I need a second capsule. She gives it to him. The day is saved. So he stops it, but there's already 10,000 adipose. Yeah. And the spaceship's arrived mm-hmm. at this point. And I quite like that the design for the spaceship, it's... Um, it's proper classic UFO, isn't it? It's yeah. like Close Encounters style. Yeah, we haven't seen anything quite like that. No, like just big circling lights and, and, and tractor beams. Yeah, I quite like it for its old school flavour. But I suppose, in a weird way, the adipose resemble like the little grey man aliens. Yeah, no, they feel they they feel like the, the right kind of... It fits, basically, yeah. doesn't it? It fits. Yeah. So, the Doctor receives a signal from the Adipose First family as they start beaming aboard. Yeah. And the Doctor says that the ones created are just children. And Donna just reminds him, in the past, he's killed children. Yeah. He yeah. never really discusses that, does he? That he's No, I think children. possibly he regrets that decision is the thing. And, um, yeah, so Donna says, like, I think your time in Martha maybe softened you a bit because, you know, yeah. <laughs> Makes a change from last time. So, so as she's been beamed aboard, mm. the adipose ship Foster's giving a classic villain speech. Yeah, she thinks she's, she's won the day. It's almost like angelic, her pose. We saw yeah. this with the Doctor in the last episode. Yeah, we did, yeah. And just as she reaches a suitable height, they just turn the tractor beam off. Yeah. She falls. Yeah. And it makes a horrible noise. Yeah. Okay, we've got a lot to unpack there, because first of all, the Doctor... We, we need to point out the Doctor was trying to t- persuade her to step off and, and, yeah. and because he knew what was coming, that she was surplus to requirements. And as he puts it, the one thing they don't need at this point is their accomplice in, in a crime. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So um, she was very foolhardy. But then that moment where the tractor being shuts off goes full Roadrunner cartoon. Mm. It's like Proper Looney Tunes. She stands. She's like suspended in air for like a solid five seconds. Like looks down and then plummets yeah. to her death. But yeah, it's a proper crunchy splat, isn't it? 
that we get. Like, there's no, there's no ambiguity. They don't show you, but yeah. So the next <laughs> part, I think I'm going to call it now. Yeah, is going to be this season's Bad Wolf, Face of Bows, Prophecy. Okay, all that because the Doctor just puts Foster's sonic pen in the bin. Yeah. Just in a public bin. Right. I think someone's going to take that. Right. Reverse engineer it. Yeah. And create something horrible. Okay. I'm putting cards on the table. That That's is my bet for this season. Okay. I think you can't... Either that or he just puts it in the bin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's either going to be really important. Yeah. Or not important at all. No, I mean, I see your thinking, though. It's like, it, that is a significant piece of alien technology that you're just... I mean, yes, it's broken, it's busted, but someone could reverse engineer that. Because, without getting ahead of ourselves, at the end of the episode, when Donna does leave with the Doctor, she's already made that decision, Yeah, she leaves her mum's car keys because she's parked the car outside Adipose. In a in bin. In a bin. Yes. So... Someone's going to look in that bin <laughs> at some point. Maybe. I I think that's going to be important. Okay. Interesting theory. So once he's binned the sonic pen, mm-hmm. Donna drags him to the TARDIS. And the, but they find out that it was parked right next to her car yeah. the whole time. Yeah. So. so that's where she decides she's going to leave the car keys for a yeah. month. Yeah. And the Doctor's <laughs> reluctant to take her. Yeah. So yeah. Donna's... Packed for every eventuality. And, and this is again, this rings so true to her character, doesn't it? She's got this boot f- full of like a big bulging packs. Like it, she has packed for like a well, year long cruise. That's it. There's one point where the doctor's like, "You've got a hat box." <laughs> yeah. Like, well, if we go to the planet of the hats. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's it's a good moment, but but uh, but yeah, he seems sort of reticent. Yeah, I think um, he mentions that he's, yeah. you know, destroyed Martha's life yeah. in her time with him. Yeah. So he can't do that again. Yeah. But because they're just mates, and there's a little joke about the the use of the yeah. word mate. Yeah. Yeah, the doctor says, I, I just want a mate. And Donna mishears and says, You're not mating with me, sunshine. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's broad, but I quite like that moment. Now. The best bit, yeah. Well, I've already said the best bit. Yeah. The biggest bit of the episode is when Donna's put the keys in the bin. Mm-hmm. She speaks to a girl and says, "Oh, someone's going to turn up in five girl minutes." Girl with blonde hair, back to the camera. Yeah, and she says, "You know, someone's going to turn up for those keys. We just let them know it's in that bin." Yeah, and as Donna walks away, yeah. turns around. It's only fucking Rose. Yeah, she's back. Yeah, or, or is she? she? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in my notes, I've just written, it's Rose, what the actual fuck. <laughs> yeah. They can't toy with me like this. But that's exactly what they are doing. I've said goodbye to Rose. I've made my peace. I've put yeah. that to bed. Yeah. You know, they even gave us horrible Donna, not horrible Donna, horrible Martha. Yeah. So, I, mean, I missed I'm Rose not, even I more. I don't agree with that assessment of Martha at all. But anyway. Right. Um, Miserable, gloomy, boring Martha. <laughs> And it made us miss Rose even more. Uh-huh. And now Rose is just back. Yeah, there she is. For a bit. And then, and then she, she fades into nothing. Yeah. Is she there? Is she, not? is she a ghost? I don't know. Has she got a sonic pen out of bin? Maybe. Who knows? Um, final shot of the episode. 
the blue box flies past Donna's granddad and he gives him a wave and a and does a little jing little celebratory shout and a dance oh lovely so yeah good episode yeah it is it's like it's, not it's, perfect it's flawed it, for sure but yeah you, you, you kind of the flaws are are the flaws are all surface level I think mm. and all the good stuff is the stuff that gives it depth and makes you care yes so that's why it's very easy to overlook like, those flaws if if it didn't reintroduce Rose I would knock some points off. Mm. If it wasn't Donna, I'd yeah. probably knock some points off. Yeah. But it's just... What about Cribbins as well? Gets points for Cribbins, surely. Yeah, but it's a, it's a, a fairly standard first episode of a series, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know? Definitely. I, set, I always set, say set that every own. series yeah. follows the same premise. Yeah. This is your usual first episode of a yeah. series. So, of course, uh, next episode... Presumably, we'll either be going into the future in space, or we'll be going back into Earth's history. Yeah, and then the other one will be the other one of that. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. so um, which is it to be? The episode is called "The Fires of Pompeii." I wonder. I mean, I, I've watched it. They go to the past. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, so well, that's what we'll be talking about next week. Yeah. Uh, but until then, thanks very much for listening. Cheerio. Bye now. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.